Welcome to the Thursday, August 26th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. Everything you need to know about some of the marquee games and some of the not-so-marquee games in the baseball world, plus a little preseason football for you. So settle in, and we're going to get you set with everything you need to know in the next 10 minutes. All right, boys and girls, welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Alongside Tyler Foldrum, I'm Joe Fortenball. We knew it was going to happen, right? The Baltimore Orioles end their 19-game losing streak with a win over Shohei Otani and the Angels. I think we all saw it coming, didn't we, Tyler? <sighs> I don't think we did, Joe. It was, it was bound to happen, but <laughs> I figured Otani would be able to mow these guys down because he had been in phenomenal form, not just at the dish, but on the mound as well. Uh, that line did look a little fishy. Vegas was daring you. But I guess at a certain point, just the mathematics indicate if you've lost 18, 19 straight games, you are kind of due, even if you are the Baltimore Orioles. God, Doug and I were talking about it on the pod yesterday morning, just going over the idea that this line was so fishy. You've seen Baltimore as a plus 300 dog, a plus 350 dog. And then here comes the pitcher everybody loves to back. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the Angels are sitting there at like minus $2, minus 205. And you know what? Shout out Baltimore. They were down 6-2 in that game yep. and came storming yep. all the way back. Okay. So a little bit of fortitude. I know some people like them today as well. Get a little hot streak going, but that's neither here nor there at the moment. I know you've got two you like for the card today. So what are you going to be dabbling in when it comes to the diamond? I'll start real quickly with the Cardinals and the Pirates. Uh, Miles Michaelis on the bump for the Cardinals, who now with Jack Flaherty kind of back on the shelf as the de facto ace, even though he spent uh, the majority of the season uh, injured. So Cardinals in the first five, um, I think, is a strong play with uh, Michaelis on the bump. He probably can't go much beyond that. Uh, The first five run line is minus 110. So as long as they're up by one uh, run, in the first five innings, which I think they can do. Um, minus 110, I think, is a pretty good price there uh, for this matchup against Keller and the Pirates, who don't have a great offense. Michaelis came back and looked very good in his first start. So I do like the Cardinals there. Even though they're not a very good team, the Pirates are worse, and the Cardinals still believe there's an outside chance they can make uh, the postseason as they're only, what, three and a half games out of the uh, second wild card spot in the National League somehow, some way. But my favorite baseball bet of the day is San Francisco at New York. I like the Giants to win this game again. They're minus 115 on the run money line. Pardon me, they're plus 140 on the run line. But my favorite bet, as it has been now for quite a while, is to pick on the New York Mets offense, especially at home. Joe, at home this season, the under has hit at City Field for the Mets 37 37- 19 and three. That is the record. So 66% no, of the time, no, not the Mets, not the Mets. You would think an <laughs> offense as potent as the Mets uh, would have a few more overs at city field, especially since that's a band box ballpark in the likes of uh, the park to see in Philadelphia, the park to see in Cincinnati, the, the New York Yankees band box ballpark, but the Mets at city field this year, 66% to the under and going for the Giants is Alex Wood, a very good pitcher, a lefty as well. And the Mets particularly struggle with lefties. Uh, Carlos Carrasco is pitching for the Mets. And that concerns me a little bit for the under because he has not been good since coming back uh, for the Mets, but I can't ignore the trend here. It's like the, it's not quite the Ravens in the preseason, but I'm not going to ignore the trend of the Mets um, at home 
uh, going under 66% of the time, especially against a really good team with a really good pitcher, the Giants' best team in the National League. They have a really good pitcher in Alex Wood. So no matter who wins this game, I do think, like we've seen in the first couple games of the series, it's a 4-2 game. It's a 3-1 game. It's a 3-2 game. The total set at 8.5. I would lay the 15 uh, percent tax on the juice there, minus 115 for the under. Uh, I think we see that trend continue despite the struggles Carrasco has had. I think the Giants win a low-scoring, tight game at City Field, and that under trend continues to hit. Mets have tanked so bad. They've got New York fans looking forward to Jets football, which is something you don't hear about all that often. I've got three I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a favorite. I'm going to give you a dog, and I'm going to give you something that stinks like that Orioles game yesterday. The favorite is going to be the Miami Marlins minus 121 over the Washington Nationals. Patrick Corbin, the lefty, is going for Washington. Career-worst ERA, career-worst strikeouts per nine innings, career-worst home runs per nine innings. Guess what? This is a career-worst year for Patrick Corbin. All right, second half of the season, he's at an ERA of 6.81 with a 1-5 in record. It's gotten worse and worse as the year has gone on. Now, Washington has won only five of their last 20 games, so they're spiraling as well. This is mostly a play against them. Miami's been okay. They've got uh, Eliasor Hernandez going today. Two of his last three starts have been very strong outings. I'm going to follow the steam here and go with Miami minus 121 over a really bad Washington team. That's your favorite. Your underdog is going to be the Kansas City Royals plus 150 at Seattle. Brad Keller, the righty, pitching for Kansas City today. Six quality starts over his last eight outings, and Seattle has been very bad against right-handed pitching this year. 28th in weighted runs created, 23rd in weighted on base average. UC Kikuchi is going to be pitching for Seattle. 6-6-9 ERA over his last eight starts as the league has figured him out. Kansas City, believe it or not, Hot right now. They've won seven of 10, and they're 11 and four over their last 15 games against left handed starters. So the underdog play of the day is going to be Kansas City plus 150 at Seattle. If you want the game that stinks, it's going to be the Bombers laying laying 111 in Oakland. Help me with this one. All right. Help me with this one. The Yankees have won 11 straight and are the talk of baseball. (laughs) The A's have completely fallen off a cliff and lost 8 of 10 and given up their wild card spot that they were holding all season long, and somehow the Yanks are just sitting there as this minuscule favorite. That stinks to me. If anything, you got to play Oakland. Two things stand out. Number one, the Yanks have lost 21 of their last 28 in Oakland. 21 of 28, it is a house of horrors for them. And Oakland righty James Caprillion, who's pitching today, two or fewer earned runs in five of his last seven starts. This line stinks like that Orioles line yesterday, so I'm throwing that one out there. So there you have it. That's five picks from the two of us. You are not on the podcast tomorrow, so you've got the entire NFL preseason slate to choose from. Are there any games you're keeping a close eye on? Yeah, uh, there's definitely a game I'm keeping a close eye on. It's been a cash cow in ATM. That's the Baltimore Ravens. They're four-point favorites against the Washington football team. If you don't like the spread, uh, they're minus $2 as just a money line favorite, but why not ride the trend? 19 straight preseason wins, 17-1-1 ATS. Uh, there's another game that just on principle, regardless of the outcome, I think there's only one way to bet it, a smart bet. The uh, Broncos are laying eight and a half at home against the Rams in a game that features a total of 33 and a half. Now, I know you know I'm a Rams Woo. fan, but on principle alone, no matter who in the preseason was an eight and a half point dog, 
in a game with a total of 33 and a half, especially now that the Broncos know who their starting quarterback is, they might dial things back a little bit. I think on principle alone, you have to take the Rams in a preseason game with a total that is that minuscule. Uh, as far as college football is concerned, a week zero matchup. I won't pick on you anymore with the Cornhuskers and the fight in the line, I Joe. You've Everybody telling me that it's going to be Nebraska. <laughs> Everyone calling me an idiot for playing Illinois. Thank you, Mr. Folgerman. I appreciate it. I instead will turn to a week zero rivalry game between the Utah Miners and the New Mexico State Aggies. Now, New Mexico State at home is getting 10 points in a rivalry game which they have won each of the last three times it has been played. It wasn't played in 2020 because New Mexico State, as an independent, didn't have a college football season to play. I think they're being way too harshly criticized for that, not playing in 2020 in this matchup against Utah. So a couple of things situationally. At home, getting 10 points in an underdog game you've won each of the last three years. I like At least the last three times it's been played. I like that. I think as well, I know it's New Mexico State and they're not, you know, you know, Michigan Wolverine fans or Ohio State fans. But I have to imagine if you are a New Mexico State football fan, you're jacked up to get home for a rivalry game, which you've won each of the last three times it's been played, the first time you're going to see your football team in more than two years. So I think there's going to be a great charged environment there. And then let's look at Utah. Why is Utah a 10-point favorite here on the road? They haven't won this game, like I said, each of the last three times it's been played. Their last 30 road games they have played in college football have netted exactly three wins. They're three and 27 straight up on the road in the last 30 games. This is not a good football team, even if they improve a little bit from the last five years, which has been one of the worst ATS teams in all of college football. One of the most profitable bets in college football the last five years has been betting against UTEP ATS. So I just don't understand this. Did UTEP all of a sudden get Mike Vick to come back like J.R. Smith did uh, to play golf? Did they get some, did they get some <laughs> players like that have extra eligibility? I don't see that. So I know it's scary to bet a team that didn't play at all in 2020 and then look just like a malaise during the FCS glorified practice schedule they had uh, in 2020. But man, there's a lot of things that just scream New Mexico State. Even though this line opened at minus seven, I think, for UTEP and has been the steam has been chasing the miners all the way to minus 10. I'm going to take the, the, the Aggies at 10 points here because of all the things I mentioned, I don't get why UTEP is a touchdown and field goal favorite in this rivalry game. God, I love it. College football analysis is back. Week zero <laughs> is Saturday. He's Tyler Folgem. He's off tomorrow. Doug and I will be back to preview the week zero card, the NFL preseason, and everything in between. So thank you for your time today. We appreciate it. As always, if you get that opportunity to subscribe, rate, and review, it helps us out tremendously. So we thank you for that as well. Best of luck today, everyone. And we are back on Daily Wager today at 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. 